Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You know, I've said it before, and I don't think I get enough backing on it, but when you want to talk about MMA's current A-team... Hey, this right here, way, I'm on the same team. This right here is eight. You guys want to go on set? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. I had more advantage. Look, we we thought, let's step up our pregame preview. Let's get a little harder. You know what I'm saying? In terms of alcohol, in terms of intention, in terms of attitude. I'm just glad it's not lying. Who's the main? It's Lombok. Bulk. No, no, no. Fuck Motherfuckers, I know who we're talking about. <laughs> hey, what are we doing on today's video shoot? <laughs> I'm uh, saying, which of these two? It is a huge fight in a faraway land, but even though it's far away, it is very much worth your attention when the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the sport jumps up a weight class to see if he can become a double champ. Alexander Volkanovsky, your reigning featherweight champion on February 12th, jumps up to lightweight to take on newly crowned UFC lightweight champion Islam Makachev at the RAC Arena in Perth, Australia. Live, by the way, on pay-per-view. And to get you ready for it is three dads wearing black and blue jeans. That's Brian blue Campbell. black, tears on a river. There he goes. That's Brian Campbell. That's the Iceman himself, the man in the hat, Chuck Mendenhall. I'm Luke Thomas. Welcome to the Morning Combat UFC 284 pre-game preview. Gents, it goes how are without we? saying. What's up, Luke? brother? The, the ground rules for this, right? It kind of oh, goes fuck right. All. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? We're going to find out if Perth has girth, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that time was under a minute before we got to the genitalia. No, also, That's not bad. Uh, look, no, no punches pulled. This ain't like the Spotify hour on Ringer oh, where it's Jesus. like we're going to we're gonna pull our punches here and be safe. <laughs> In this couch, real talk, brother. All right? All right. All right. All right. How's life? It's good, man. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I'm happy to be back here. I don't know why we didn't do one for UFC 283, but hey. Well, because that main event is some. Who's counting? You know, it's whatever. It's but, my boy, Glover. What are you talking about? But I guess by the time this is aired, we already know what happened to 283. Right, exactly. That was a good fight. Look, uh, would you say this 284 card is nubs outside of the top two fights? Top three. Top three fights are great. After that, it's... They are great. Mid, and then it drops. Yeah. It's There's two and a half great points on this card. Two and a half. Okay. Well, 283 was funny, right? Because the main event, again, at the time of this recording, the main event was not, well, it wasn't uh, barn burner awesome. It was fine. But the rest of the card on paper seemed to be pretty great. This one is the exact opposite. This one has <laughs> the most insanely awesome main yeah. event, a fantastic co-main event, a decent feature fight, a good one. Yes. And then... Other fights. Can you tell me who the opening pay-per-view fight is? I don't, off the top of my head. I know we're doing a preview here, but I can't even. Is it, is it uh, Jimmy Crute? 
Could be the Jimmy Crew. Could be the Jimmy Crew. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, you did put me on the spot. It's embarrassing, but uh, it's all right. No, Jimmy Crew has never seen the scorecards, by the way. That's Uh, a barn burner. Indeed, that's true. But if I'm looking up 284, your opening main card bout, uh, I believe I was right. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. No, excuse me. Uh, Jimmy Crew will be on the prelims as it's listed here. It would actually be Justin Taffa at heavyweight taking on Uh, Parker Porter. Um, but yes, not that great. Now, before we get any further into this card, thumbs up on the video if you're watching on YouTube. Hit subscribe, all that good stuff. Where can everyone find your work? We'll plug it at the end as well. We always plug it at the end. Yes. And then I feel bad. So up front, where do folks get your stuff? You can catch me at The Myth, M-I-T-H. That's where I have some words. And then you can catch me at The Ringer. I do some writing there. And the MMA Ringer uh, show, I believe it's called. And then you have an, <laughs> you have an OnlyFans Free account, as I understand. And then, OnlyFans. And then, and then, and then OnlyFans. That famous Brit. Um, Peter yes. Carroll. Oh right? boy, here we go. Oh, yeah. It's, it's infectious now. He's that UK plus guy. Yeah, yeah right? UK plus. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, you know, there's there's a there's a nice uh, piece of words I like to live by. Uh, candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. Are we gonna uh, <laughs> are we gonna do this show like men would or or, or did or, or I like uh, that you don't uh, need a segue. I you don't really create. drink, but if you want to drink, we can drink. All right, all right. We got anything good over there? Where's what the we liquor got? cabinet? What do we okay, got? Stop we got? doing a bit. Just get the liquor bottle. <laughs> this, guy's so, this guy's so ornery. Can you spot? Right here. Wait, can we even see the Easter egg? Where is it planted? Okay. We do over Brian's right shoulder. If you look closely, we have the Cannibal Corpse liquor. And then we have this one. Oh, well, well, okay. I mean, well, they're just having a free throw. This is great. Will you just grab the motherfucker? I don't liquor? know where it is. I don't know where the damn thing is. It's right behind you. Uh, I think we have Brendan Schaub's liquor. Oh, Tiger wow. Thick. I've yeah. not had this. Has anyone here had this? I have not, I have had, not this. had this. I have uh, assumed some would say this is the thickest. I'm only, okay. only going to taste it. I'm not going to drink because I just don't want to drink This anymore. is blended whiskey, <laughs> 48% alcohol by volume. Yeah, that's And, uh, it, and it was a hefty such price a special bag, treat, especially man. to get it shipped here. But, you know, we support our ex-colleague, Luke. So here we go. All, All right, you going to try some? I'm told it's pretty good. I've not had it. How much does it go for, Luke? 90. 90 bucks? It retails for 90. It is, right. it is a little on the price. We could have had yeah. this open before we started. Secondary the market's oh. probably a little more. The secondary market, yes. There is. <laughs> did you, like a child, just hand this off to her, to him, be like, Daddy, open this for me? Oh, wow, you man. just tookied me right there. I just tookied the shit yeah, out of you. Yeah. All right, BC. Um, 284, as we're opening this up, let's talk about it. Not the card in general, but let's just start where everything starts, where everything matters, that main event. Volkanovski versus Makachev. Can I ask you a question? To sure, Because I know you want to tee me up, but the people really want to hear from Chuck and then you. Yeah, Chuck. <laughs> and, then, and then me at the end. So why don't we start well, don't with you while Chuck's problem. busy. Um, <laughs> it, this fight is awesome. What Volkanovski's trying to do is awesome. Makachev and the victory he just had over Charles Oliveira and where he's at is, damn, is this a fight for the number one pound-for-pound pound spot in the world? Yes. Or a very good case can be made for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I needed. You have the shot glasses down here. Oh, here we go. Here, you hold this. Um, yeah, hold on. Let's pause that conversation. God, Jesus. <laughs> Green one for you? Yeah, just take a little bit. I just want to taste, please. Just taste me up. I got to get the cork. We're going to have an issue. Okay, you can leave it and you put it to the we side. We can just start over from the beginning. No, it's right? quite all right. <laughs> just, a, just a taste, fuck face. All right, all right. That's plenty. That That's, it. That's it, yeah. All right. This guy's doing a real shot, though, I think. Right? Yeah, isn't that what isn't that what a real man would do? Uh, I'm not a real man then. That's a fine. real man care. with a little pink well, shot glass. That's a double shot, Chuck. No, Miami. That. There we go. All right. All right. You want to put that aside? Here you somewhere? go. Uh, here's the swimming with bow-legged women. <laughs> Can we do the Colombian thing, please? Uh, yes. Because okay. I have respect All right, here for Elvis. So here we go. Pa arriba, pa abajo, el centro. You have to touch. Pa dentro. All right. This one's for Crow Cop. 
Sweet. Yeah. Actually, that's not bad. Wow, I think I just... Yeah, that I, is not bad. I think that just put more hair on my chest. I gotta say... <laughs> put this over Dude, here. that's... I'll put this back. That is fucking way better than the Cannibal Corpse whiskey. <laughs> dude, that's... <laughs> dude, that's I'm, our basis for comparison. Dude, I love Cannibal Corpse. That whiskey was fucking rock gut. No, I could not drink it. No, I'm no, you know, hard alcohol connoisseur, but... That's pretty sweet. But that's that better than good. Connors, dude. Well, oh Connors God. is Connors. What would you call Connors? Connors is first of all, Connors is cheaper. Like, literally it's to buy. It's a well it's drink. Expensive. That's what it is. It's a well it's, drink. No, you know what it is? It's party. It's party. It is. It's party booze. That's what it is. Just party booze. Someone shows up with a bottle in That's the middle of summer. One, the second one. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. This yeah. is not bad. I can't drink at all anymore. Can someone get me a Diet Coke? <laughs> Heartburn. And some Tampax? I mean, my Lord. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Used to chase that down with Pepto-Bismol, if I recall. Yeah, dude. I it's, I, you know, I quit drinking, and like my need for Pepto-Bismol <laughs> went away. Can you believe it? Yeah. Yo, you never told me that story about being in a Turkish bathhouse with uh, with Douglas Crosby. That's unbelievable, right? A Russian bathhouse. Yeah. But, yes, it was... Wow. Uh, it was quite interesting. All right, let's focus. Yes. All right. UFC 284 BC. You were asking the question. Let's pitch it, pitch it around. For the top, uh, Chuck? Yeah. Top pound for pound slot in the sport? I think so. Um, this is one of those rare situations where we, the, you have a guy on a 12-fight winning streak, which is the big, the longest right now in the UFC active fighters. A 12-fight win streak in Makachev versus, I'm sorry, with Volkanovski versus an 11-fight win streak with Makachev, which is... You put those two things together, becoming, you know, two different champions, and I think that you could make the case that they're – I think you could make the case that Volkanovski – I don't know how, who, if we've had this discussion who your pound-for-pound pound king is right this second. I don't think there's an argument. Who is it? For Volkanovski. You? Volkanovski. So that's mine too. So, yeah, Volkanovski and Machev might be entering the space, and I think if he beats Volkanovski, he should take the space. That, in a two-fight turnaround – and no shortage of great, you know, uh, status of the opponents that he faced here, Charles Oliveira, into yeah. Alexander Volkanovsky. Have you have we ever seen in, in a two-fight stretch somebody – and it's not that he wasn't heralded or, or heard of or anything. I mean, we've been waiting for a long time for Mahachev to finally get his close-up, and the Habib rub has been a big part of the presentation. It's, he, didn't, he didn't sneak up on anybody. But in two fights, he can go from beating a guy who was on, who was on the verge of cementing himself all time in the books – as the greatest finisher, as so many things, as as an unlucky champion who turned his career around in the second half, to potentially beating Alexander Volkanovsky. Granted, in a higher division, but dude, to go from unranked on a pound for pound level, it's a great win streak. But damn, I want to see what he looks like on the elite level. To if he wins this, he's the dude. best fighter in the sport. So not a, like look when when he when Habib left. When Habib retired on his own terms, we heard the tales. We heard that his late father, Abdul Manap, always pointed to Islam and said, you know, after, after Habib, you're next. Charles Oliveira turned out to somehow be, and, and, and this won't be his reputation, he, he's not a transitional champion, but he was a transitional champion in the sense of Fedor handing the reins to Islam. And, boy, right. and if he wins this, and, he's, and, and there's nothing, nothing saying he will here necessarily except for the odds, but, man, he will go from... Being Fedor 2.0 to in two fights being the best fighter in the sport. Um, wow. I mean, right? part of his, and we're talking about Islam, part of the thing is that he was in the shadows of Habib, right? Like he was coming up. I think he was considered a protege, all that sort of thing. But Habib had 13, I believe 13 fights in the UFC, had seven finishes. Islam right now has 13 fights in the UFC, has eight finishes. You could already make the case that he and his resume is what it is, right? Like we've seen, we obviously this Charles Oliveira one was a uh, the biggest fight, but going forward, he could pass the resume just because of the lightweights that are available. So this year, this year alone, Islam, if he was to beat Volkanovski, 
defend that title once or twice. He might already pass. This is kind of crazy to say, but I think he could be in that discussion already for better than Habib. Wow, 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 wow. Because if you look at it, they fought 13. Right right now, if you're comparing them, right, like if you're comparing the two guys, I know that uh, he has the loss. Islam has a loss early in his career in the UFC. But if you just look at the strength of schedule at that point, especially let's just say he plays out that scenario. He beats Volkanovski, who I think we just identified as the top guy, right? And this is a guy who played for the Wasilla Gorillas back in the day and weighed, what, 200 pounds? I've never heard that story before. That's wild. (laughs) Wasilla, I can see Russia from my kitchen window. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's, I think that he could literally be that guy. We could consider him that because if he, if he beats this one, he wins, you know, wins like international fight when he wins one at the end of the year. I mean, he's like, he's done right, more, I think, than Charles. I think that's, he's done more than Habib. All right, let me, let's be honest here. I'm not kidding. Habib has in one hand a, a sort of like asterisk, hipster, extra powerful, sneaky argument of maybe even being the GOAT because he was unbeaten, he maybe. dominated, and he walked around on top. But the, the, the stigma will say, okay, but did you beat enough elite guys and did you do sure. it in succession but the elite guys he did face on the way out and the way that he beat them from that is true from connor to, to poirier to gaethje uh, i don't know does islam best well, i'm just throwing already? it out I mean, there look, because that, that volkanovsky win if he does get it you could argue is 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 as good as as meaningful and good in that situation but i mean just the fact enemy that territory the, too you're not see you're he's not the kind of guy luke that will that will make a preposterous statement to say it like chuck is the voice no, of reason uh, in the sport I really do. on this show so if he's even saying that luke what Islam has done, it might not be Habib 2.0. It's Islam Majev, right? It's his own thing. And damn, dude, he's ready to um, – damn. I mean, this- Well, I just have to say, like, the thing that stands out to me is I really like how Habib made a clean break from the sport and then really – I mean, obviously Islam and right. Habib were in the UFC at the same time for a little while. There, there is some overlap. But in terms of, like, previous opponents or whatever, he was just doing – his own kind of thing. This is his own kind of thing. Right. This is his own moment. This is his own path. Whether or not it's bigger, better than Habib or 2.0, I just feel like he's trying to carve a unique identity that folks can remember for its own merits, its own big memories. The thing is now, we don't even know, is Habib going to be cornering him in Perth? That part remains unclear. But I just feel like from an opponent's standpoint, with the last one with Charles, which Habib never fought, that was the biggest one of Islam's career. And then, you know, yeah, the Thiago Moiseses and stuff like that and the Bobby Greens. But but the reality is you get past Volkanovsky. Dude, you've done something so separate. And then between the two, it's like you add in Connor and you add in Gaethje and then you add in Oliveira and then you add in Volkanovsky. It's such a broader body of work that I don't feel like we're going to be doing the Kobe Jordan thing. It sure. doesn't feel it quite only the same. it only exists because they were already entwined yeah. as Islam was coming up, and then they fight in the same division. I think that's the only reason. Same camp. I mean, it's the same you know. camp. It's like there are too many um, similarities and too many affiliations, so it's going to be inevitable. But but I do think that you know he starts to distinguish himself on this card. If he wins, this is when he yeah. really starts to do it. I think he was quieter in his approach only because. You know, he was coming up at a time when there was a lot going on, but also he was in the shadow of Habib. We talked about him as the protege for so long, but I think that this is the fight that puts him over in the bigger way. Like, and then, and then we, maybe we do have that conversation. I'm just saying at some point at the end of this year, we could revisit this and see if it's right. But I think that he could be the guy that we're talking about as the, you know, the cream of the crop. 
in the lightweight division, which is nuts. I never I thought I would him. say that. The way he frames narratives heading into big fights, I love that shit. Why don't you just lean over and blow? Why don't, why don't, why don't you just get a room? All right, on the flip Let side, Let me move guys, this mic. On the flip side, oh. no shortage of stakes for Volkanovski, who's still unbeaten in the UFC cage, has put together— I'm not quite done with, with uh, old Islam just yet. Just real quickly. Okay, sure. he's not that old. I mean— Well, here's what I mean. Just before we move on to Volkanovski, the thing about Islam, though, that still does— Give me a little bit of pause about him, not as a fighter. He's obviously enormously talented, although, you know, no one's perfect. But Habib had a little bit of media savvy. He liked it a little bit. He was good at it. Islam yeah. is oh, not good at it. Uh, and, and, you know, I think we'll do it by virtue of his occupational necessity. So I, here's my point. Even if he were to beat a guy like Volkanovski, which be, would be an, a tremendous achievement, I, you know, it's in Perth, Australia. He just doesn't seem like a breakout superstar guy to right. me. Well, there's a difference. It's a critical breakout if he does because he becomes the number one pound for pound, especially if he wins it without any controversy or anything. But no, that won't be his commercial breakthrough moment. And that's, but it's like, what is more valuable in the long run? If you get wins like this one against Volkanovski, which has ultimate critical uh, value, then the commercial ones tend to start piling up around the corner. Will it take, to be fair, yeah. will, will it take a Connor fight for Islam to get that type of commercial crossover? Will it just be beat this guy, then beat the next guy in line, then oh, beat the next man. guy in line? I don't know if he has that. I honestly don't know if he has that, that separate thing. The funny thing about Habib was he was kind of slow – uh, for people to get him to, because remember it was the broken English. It kind of, yeah, yeah. it came across almost as comical. Most of the things he was saying, and then there was actually, you know, tell me location, whatever, all those type of things. We were, number we're, one bullshit. Yeah, yeah, number one bullshit. I will smash your boy. And you know, I will smash your boy. He's you know, he's talking to Dana as he's like beating dudes up, and I, I, that to me was like when I was like, this guy is on a different level when he's yeah. talking to Dana. I'm not Habib sure. Habib had swag. 100%, you know I mean? yeah. man. And I remember talking to you after one of the shows. It was when he beat uh, it, when he beat Conor McGregor, and we were that whole fracas took place afterwards, and we were like, you know what you realize? He's not playing, man. No. He is not playing. I get that vibe off of Islam, to be honest. I get the vibe that this guy is hes that serious um, and all that stuff. So he's got that cold-bloodedness, I yeah. think, that you need. But I don't think he's going to have that sort of transcendent uh, it factor, like charisma, all that stuff. I don't think that's him. You know, it's going to have to be something else. You Normally know? when someone's in a position to potentially challenge or succeed, someone else is standing reputationally as the goat of that division or whatever you're trying to do. And in this case for Islam, it's competing against the shadow of the resume of his coach and best friend, right, Habib. It's like normally when you're in there, people – people, they want to make you over earn it before they finally give you that nod because for so long they hear it coming and they see it coming that this is Habib's boy coming from so long away that you're like, eh, is it really? Is he ever yeah. as good? Um, dude, if he, <laughs> if he goes out there and beats Volkanovski, even though he's favored <laughs> to do it, but if he goes out there and beats Volkanovski and you package it together with the wins that he's had, I mean, dude, we're, we're going to be getting to a point where the Habib relationship is going to be like, a, 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 you know, like just part of his record. You know I mean, like it really yeah. is. You're right. It really is his chance to, to get, I mean, like, because the way he beat Charles Oliveira, now when you sit on this couch, fair-minded Chuck Winnenhall, yeah. you know, the, the most, the most guy who, who is the bridge between our extremes, the guy who That's in true. this sport is the voice I'm of reason. You're coming out here and saying, well, accomplishment wise, he may, he may be already passing <laughs> Habib in here. He might be. People aren't even fighting you on that because of the way he beat Oliveira, dude. Seriously. And I mean, the he way would... this sport has been going, 
nothing's out of question, is it? Like, it's just the way everything goes. Well, look, like, the, the sport, every can, outlandish the sport can be batshit crazy, especially when somebody getting a big finish in a big moment. And in Oliveira's yeah. run featured that. He almost gets stopped by Chandler, and suddenly he comes back over the top, and he stops him. But, dude, he made that fight against Oliveira one-way traffic. It was the ultimate baptismal moment of you finally got your shot at the highest level. Oh, here's the greatest finisher in this in history, <laughs> a guy who's on the verge of maybe becoming, you know, considered the best in this division's history, trying to surpass your boy Habib, and he comes out yeah. with that performance that I, I say normally people have to over-earn it. He, in some ways, Islam, has already earned that respect that's sort so of separate it, from Habib. It could be a foil well, Let me push too. back on this. So he's currently ranked number two, Makachev. But if you take out the Oliveira fight, which I realize is a huge you fight. Right. Ranked? Yes. Right. If you take him out, he wouldn't belong. In the, it'd be right. Hooker. It'd be Bobby Green. Right. It'd be Taco Moises. Yeah. Dude, you wouldn't be on a pound-for-pound pound list that way. I mean, his win streak would be good, but it's, you wouldn't that's be true. on it. You're going to tell me, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not saying I fully agree, but he's going to be the number one fighter in the sport with two wins? Well, that's the remarkable part about this, but I think them ranking him number two pound for pound, and this is UFC doing it, correct? Yeah, UFC.com. And, and again, I mean, and, and in pound for pound in general, obviously, it's so subjective that you can argue, and what's the difference if someone's ranked two or fifth? Well, to me, in this case, there is a big difference. Mahachev was unranked in, term, in terms of the pound for pound top ten that I do for CBS. I don't know if anybody cares about that. It is what it I is. Do. But my point is, when he wins a fight that big against Oliveira and wins it in the way he does, you're like, oh, shit, he has to crash the party in ways that you don't normally see. So I went from unranked to, I think, about Fourth, mm -hmm. and and it's a in in it's acknowledged that he's probably going to climb higher than this, but I don't think you should put him at two unless your sole position from a marketing standpoint is to sell this right. fight in Perth as number one <laughs> versus number two. But at the end of the day, we are kind those of are respect the journalists that uh, make those votes, I believe. So, but dude, if he does, but at the same time, for it's also like also if you're Makachev, it would be two fights, and then the second guy you fought, he'd be moving up a weight class, right. like. But name two fights in succession in recent history if he wins this where someone would have beaten two guys with higher collective standing in back-to-back -back fights. I know – I know the biggest streaks. I mean, he, Oliveira also had a streak that was going on forever. The two he'd longest be, streaks He'd be, he'd be dousing two of the biggest streaks we've seen yes. in the last I'm decade. playing devil's advocate. I mean, I'm not saying I fully agree with what I'm saying, but it, it would be – Unusual to be pound for pound number one off Massively just off two wins. Unusual, but I'll tell you what. To your point, I mean, let's talk about it for just a second. Islam's win over Charles Oliveira. We we previewed the fight on Damn. on this particular program, dude. He just I know did whatever he wanted basically, basically to him, and they wasn't worried a, about the ground. I did I did a huge breakdown stuff. on this, dude. They had the I cannot overstate this. Him and uh, Javier Mendez and Habib Nurmagomedov and whoever else on the team, they had a brilliant game yeah. plan. Yeah. They knew Oliveira better than he knew himself, and they took over him. And when it was time to go, they got him out of there with ease. I couldn't fucking believe how good it was. <laughs> Isn't how crazy this sport is? Because the Poirier fight versus Charles Oliveira was the fight that – I'll admit, you know, I was one of those that got it wrong ahead of time. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is finally Poirier's moment. And as good as Oliveira's been, great, and it's, yeah. it's been great. Dude, you take too many chances, it's going to catch up with you. And then he almost audited Poirier in a certain <laughs> sense. I don't even want to kick back and say you're wrong, BC. And the first round was kind of a normal Definitely first was round. competitive. But yeah. beginning with the second round, dude, and the, I didn't think Oliver was going to take down Poirier and then almost get gnarly and cover his mouth and be ground, high ground and pound and just do a different side of him that we didn't see that I started to go, like a lot of people, if you were still doubting Oliver, that, oh, shit, dude, not just a crazy finisher, not just a guy who can create chaos and, and get out of it while before you gas or get stopped, but look what he just did to Poirier. He took him down, he controlled him, he was almost kind of quasi-dirty, and he just won that fight. And then in the next fight, he got completely, <laughs> completely sunned in almost the same way Poirier did in rounds two and three. It's just like, holy shit, he got completely audited and handled and destroyed. 
damn. So to answer your question, as unique as this is, if he does this in two consecutive fights, yes, he is the pound for pound okay. number one. But he needed Usman to lose to Edwards. And what if Usman comes back in March and beats Edwards and dominates him? We could be having a different conversation. But I do, I do feel confident to say this is for number one. And I do want to make that transition because while we are framing the entire narrative here about what's at stake for Islam, damn, is there a lot yeah. at stake here for Have you watched for a lot of tape on Islam? Like, have you been watching yeah. him? What would you consider his weakness? Well, not so much in the Oliveira fight, yeah. but um, he can be a little, uh, okay, there's not many things are his weakness, but here, here's the way I'd understand him. His defensive sensibility is extremely strong, okay? Doesn't take a lot of punishment, doesn't make a lot of bad calls. That limits his offense a little bit mm -hmm. in the sense that he can't quite get going um, because he is so judicious with how he approaches everything. Uh, but I would say that um, if you have good takedown defense, he can be pressured into bad striking uh, exchanges. That's, I mean, this fight is fascinating. And that's really points. where Volkanovski, dude. That's what I'm saying. Either he's the things wrestle, you're talking about. He's not. I was thinking about that with Volkanovski, like in the three, uh, the three fights with Holloway, right? Like the, uh, just the different approaches he took. And I know you you probably watched a lot of the yeah. that that trilogy like uh, going back, but just the different approaches, even with the takedowns and just how he took them apart in the last one without even trying a takedown attempt, didn't need it. And I, I think that that's one of those things. Uh, you're mentioning Islam having the perfect game plan. I do think that Volkanovski is a very good yeah, oh yeah. game planner and adjuster. I, it's a fascinating fight. And I'm not one of those guys who like goes into the stats big time like and looks at this, but you're talking about one of the highest accurate strikers in featherweight history going against the highest striking accurate like accuracy fighter in lightweight history this is one of those fights where these dudes are both at like 60 percent and how they connect and the way that they go forward the pressure that they put on the kind of chess match that they play you talk about like uh, makachev like i think some people are like well he'll, he'll be bigger he can take him down but then you think about like volkanovsky for a few minutes and you say a couple of guys have taken him down but i think what was the last one it was like ortega took him down a couple of times and Chad Mendes took him down a couple of times, but for 45 total seconds of ground control, and like the other one was like a minute. It's like he gets back up. He doesn't. He doesn't lay there. It's just. It's fascinating from so many levels, and I feel like it, this is your kind of fight because yeah. there are so many trump cards in play for both guys, and you're not sure how it'll play out. Yeah, and also, and folks have like brought up the Ortega fights. Um, the Mendes fight is a little bit more reasonable to me because that is sort of a wrestle boxer type, which Islam is a different body type, but could set up things in a similar way. But that was a long time ago. And the Ortega fight to me, it's like, guys, I have to warn you, like Volkanovsky gets way better between fights, even in his thirties. Yeah. And if you think his wrestling is going to be as good now as it was in that Ortega fight, boy, you are sleeping on him big time, <laughs> big time. It's going to be vastly better. And the other part too is like, here's the real, real reality. I, I think Makachev is a pro. I think he's going to come in shape. He's not going to come in better shape than Volkanovski. No way. I don't no. believe that. Sorry. Now, now, since twice I've tried to transition the show because you've put a lot of pressure on me, pre-show BC, don't linger, don't don't stretch it out, <laughs> don't you know, don't make me late for my train. And I've gotten no sold twice on trying to talk about the stakes for Volkanovski and his resume, and that's fine. I do feel you know okay to say since you brought up Ortega, Chuck. And there are rumors of the demise of his relationship with Tracy Cortez because he did get the tattoo on the inside of his lip. Yeah. With her, if that's true, I pray you get Ebola. What, 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 I mean, what do you, what do you do about that if you're, if you're Ortega? Oh, I mean, in one man. sense, it's on the inside of your mouth, so who cares? But what do you do? This reminds me of that conversation we had about showing up with your significant other right before the fight. Remember, we had this yeah. whole thing. It's like, I don't know, that's a bad look. And sure enough, look what happened to him. Yeah. Um, do you have any anyway. advice for T City? <laughs> 
The production He's staff, I don't know if this own. is true because I would never get one. The production staff is telling me that tattoos inside the mouth go away. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Well, thanks okay. for derailing, derailing the show, Brian. It was just payback for saltiness when we tried to get the alcohol and you, you, you dadded <laughs> us. And it was, it was a, little, uh, a little awkward. You know. is, there, is there any, like, when you think about this, I mean, I think the Mahachev going into enemy territory, I'm guessing it's going to be a partisan crowd, you know, oh, for yeah. Volkanovski. Is there any kind of does that play any factor into this? Like when you go into a guy's from the 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 Dagestan tribe from that Abdulmanab team, a protege of Habib and didn't have that same mental toughness. Dude, I think that they comes out of there. Relish that. That's of what I was course. That's like, what I look, think. look at Habib the night he fought Connor. He was never going to lose that fight. Right. Not that night. Not that night. Not no no. There was nothing Connor was going to do that night to win. It was never yeah. going to happen. And I think Islam, whether that happens or not, we'll see. But I, I think he has the exact. Those guys are you bet you, dude. Yeah. You bring up that. It's funny the the post fight um, Connor. Habib card. We came back. I think you and I did a yeah. bit with yeah. uh, submission radio, yeah. and you had because dude, because Habib came back and was like, you know, I apologize to the commission. I apologize to everyone, but like, I'm not really sorry to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. my, and my dad's gonna kill and me. And my dad's gonna beat the shit yes. out of me. Yeah. And blah blah blah. I mean, right. and, and dude, and then and then Chuck was like, dude, Habib is cold. Like, yeah. like not in a bad way. Like ice cold. Not worried That's about right. yeah, anything else. Anyone else? Islam to me is identical right. in that sense. In that sense, that the comparisons I think. That's kind of the fair. for me. That's kind of one of those fun things about this card is like there's a potential that there's a, a spoiler that's going to just ruin that party because you know how it is. It's like this is. In that sense, in the fight world, right? I, and uh, also, Volkanovski has been kind of doing the UFC solids, fighting all over the place. This is his homecoming fight. You know, yeah. like he's going home, finally getting the uh, coronation and all that stuff since he's been the guy. And if he gets beat in this situation, right, that's just going to be uh, a very bad vibe over there. So let's, uh, we, we love to do this on this program, which is what happens if, what happens okay. when. So let's talk about a world where, actually, let's go a little bit the reverse here. Let's talk about a world where Volkanovski wins. Right. And again, without controversy, whatever that means, stoppage or great decision or whatever. But the 145 pound champ would go up. He would now be the double champ. I think most people would agree at that point. He was already number one, but that would really solidify yeah. him at that point. It wouldn't be about Big pound time. for pound anymore. It'd be about what, it, where is he at in history? That's right. what it'd be. A, okay. Right. So, tell me, right. That, right. so if he wins that double champ, do you have to put him now in the pantheon of greats? Look, in, in some degree, it's an unfinished argument until we see where Islam would go from there after losing his title. Would there be an immediate rematch? Could he come back and win it again or be a long-term contender? But as the stock of Islam Mahachev right now and the fact that Volkanovski would be moving up in the weight and the fact that Volkanovski would be coming off a calendar year in which he... I mean, aided to some degree, of course, by the head kick loss for Usman, but I, even if Usman didn't lose that... You wonder if Volkanovski would have passed him on a pound-for-pound level that same year because he went in there, okay, late replacement against Korean Zombie, but showed an offensive intention and a danger with his striking. Oh, he's a formidable striker, but we always talk more about the footwork, the game planning, the wrestling, the anti-wrestling, everything about him. Dude, he went in there and was, like, dangerous. And, oh, on top of that, he went into a trilogy with Max Holloway that was yep. unnecessary and he didn't really necessarily want, but we, but the whole sport put the pressure it. on him. Yeah. And, dude, he beat up and bloodied Max. So damn so you yeah. talk about like like historically I, I don't that's why i tried to transition twice i don't know what th this really means i mean we know what it means in the sense that there's a handful of greats that have been two division champions you know there's there's a cormier and especially yeah. simultaneously there's been you know newness and, and cormier and conor Cejudo. mcgregor and even the Cejudo, and even though the feet slightly got watered down because of the number of times it happened. You're still talking about the greatest fighters in history. So who still has to do a little bit more, but he's already 
put forth a solid foundation. Machev right now and 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 Alex would be moving up in weight. Are you kidding me? If he goes in there and wins that, I mean, and, and yeah, like that's an interesting one. When you consider the run he's on, he's never lost in the UFC. He's always had a way in, in, a, in a potential dark moment against Ortega where it oh, could, yeah. he could have lost. That could have been his his GSP Sarah moment. Even though I don't think um, I don't think Sarah and Ortega yeah, were on the same level the same, at that yeah. point. But you get my point. Um, damn, dude. <sighs> Would it be? I mean, I'm trying to think. There's of the levels of moving man. up in weight, right? There's yeah. levels of getting your second title. The GSP moving up against Bisping was right. freaking big what I was deal. Just trying to I think. mean, this the Amanda Nunes one would be closest because she went and beat um, Cyborg, Cyborg yeah. which to me was kind of like this, right? Like where you're like, well, now you're gonna you have a mountain to topple here. Like, are you gonna be able to do that? I think that would be it. But the thing is. This isn't the women's featherweight, right? Like it would be. There were a lot of guys then who would want the piece, yeah. and we would we would get to see what that means. But I think that that would be. It's got to be right up there. It's got to be right up there. Because he would be like, doing literally. it already as the pound for pound number one. Especially if he looked good doing it like he's been. Because mm-hmm. it, the last couple of fights, I mean, like you said, there wasn't big incentive. A lot of times you look at a guy going into a fight and you're like, will he be able to get up for a third Max Holloway fight? He's beat him twice, even though there's like some controversy or people talking in a different way. And he puts him away even you know, more emphatically, just dominates the fight. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think if he has a very good showing that you could probably have that conversation, right? It would be more of a story. I think you're making historical. You would be doing that, which is kind of crazy because both these guys have quietly reached these stations to the point where, like I said, Volkanovsky hasn't even had, like, these these home field advantages where he can go home and be celebrated for who he is really yet. Like, he's, he's not even to that point, but you could actually start to have that because it's been such a quiet dominance for so long. And it goes without saying because we know it, but don't forget, when Olivera fought Mahachev, it was the first time in UFC history that that what win streaks as, as long as 12 for each fighter mm-hmm. was part of it. And yeah. now we go one more because Volkanovski has an even longer wow. win streak that this is the first time it's even one up from there. So the level of rareness and the historic elements to begin with for this fight. That scene's going to be mad. So, if he wins both, he's going to drop one. Does he drop the 145 pound title? Because it's like, oh, I defend both. I Bullshit, you can't. No, stop. Because look, because the key question know, that he has to answer thing. to us, I think right now, until we see this fight, it, it isn't as much. Although the argument of even if he was already Islam's weight, could he still win this? We don't know how great Mahachev is. But when you add in the idea of him moving up in weight, that's what he has to solve. So if he goes in there and solves that and becomes the champion against arguably the toughest guy this division could produce, you're right. Why not just stay at 155? Because you just proved against the best Dude, guy. If you can beat Islam Makachev in your first right. fight at lightweight, I know. Stick around. So I want to ask you this yeah. question, Luke, because you you have been a long time appreciator of Volkanovski, and, and long before you know I, I was I was skeptical for a while that, yeah, that he was really that here, he was here's really the that Luke great. Thomas experience. <laughs> hey, here's a very sensible idea. Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I hope your family dies of AIDS. Yeah, so Six Luke, months later, you Luke, this. you know you had a point with that. <laughs> There's already an argument, again, just on a style level and how good Mahachev is, and if he controls you with his wrestling, it may not matter anyway. But how much does the weight and moving up in weight actually play into whether Volkanovski can win this fight? Because he he did used to weigh 220 pounds, right. whatever the story. Yeah, I we think, know that. Um, I think he is strong for the weight class uh, for 145. I think he will still be strong for 155. Um, he'll obviously have a low center of gravity. He'll be able to scramble. But I don't think from a pure strength perspective, he's going to be able to over time match Makachev. Even Volkanov, excuse me, even Holloway had times where he could shut mm-hmm. him down uh, or, you know, heavily nullify him. Obviously, there were also times that that Volk- Volkanovsky broke through and got takedowns. But um, the question for me is not really on the offensive side for him. It's merely a function of 
What will his defensive work rate be once the grappling situations begin? How quickly can he advance even minor positions to build on top of each other to scramble? And how much can he consistently do that while forcing trouble on Islam? So, for example, imagine a round passes where Islam is really trying to hold him down and does, but just can't really get any offense off, right? Then decides that was really exhausting. I'm going to dial it back. And now you're trading with Alex. He, his ability to disguise offense is second to none, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, that could become a problem. But it really, I hate to oversimplify a fight between two people so skilled, and I'm sure I am in many ways. But honestly, either Volkanovski can defensively wrestle enough or he fucking cannot. And if yeah. he cannot, it's a wrap right. for him. Well, That's it. Uh, He's, uh, okay, but let, let, yeah, you're right. You're right. You, at the end of the day, you're right. Volkanovski, whatever, he, okay, let's say this about, we should make this clear. Makachev, again, I cannot overstate this. The, the, the game plan that they had for Oliveira was so good. It was, I know you didn't watch that video I put out because I put it on my private channel, but you should. Because yeah, you're like, you're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to, we got a lot of great success with MK, but let me also compete against my own channel. I wasn't, you know? I'm not competing, <laughs> I'm not competing against, and I wasn't the one who was told to put it there. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is uh, when you go through, you can see very clearly they knew exactly what punches they would yeah. need in exactly what scenarios. And, dude, they just p pattern recognition, muscle memory. They knew exactly what to throw. You're not going to get that with Volkanovski. Well, You're not going to get that. Well, the wrestling ultimately we think dictates who wins this fight. I want to ask you about Islam Mahachev striking because I do think against Oliveira, in addition to They're the ins insanely great game planning, I thought from what my eyes show me, and people think my eyes are just filthy casual, that dude, he made a <laughs> leap in terms of his striking and the ways he was able oh, yeah. to use yes the, and no. that, the left cross to hurt Oliveira. But to be fair, Oliveira does get hurt, and it's almost in a weird way part of his strategy yeah. to, to create so much chaos and have him back and forth that – can Mahachev strike on this level against Volkanovski, which is like going from we'll che checkers see. to chess? I was just thinking, like, I think you're right, too. I don't think it's oversimplifying. I think that that's kind of what the drama is up front. And if for some reason Volkanovski is thwarting those attempts or getting up, and it's hard to imagine, like, him getting up easily, as he's done in the past, but if he's able to do that, it's one of those fights where you're like, it could be Islam early, Volkanovski late, right. you know what I mean? Like where it's like where it's just Volkanovski just starts to wear you down once he breaks your spirit a little bit, shows you once you can't they get do sweaty, that. Once yeah, he's exactly. Able to figure out and anticipate him. Look like, at the oh. second Max fight. He won wait the last three rounds, right? He came on. Yes, he, he got dropped, or they didn't count on a fight metric, but he basically got dropped, dropped twice. The first two, the, yeah. yeah. Interesting yeah. Sorry, stuff, Chuck. Sorry, we just cut you off there because that's Not what we do on this show. Well, well Chuck, <laughs> Chuck didn't answer my question. What I mean, the, what was you know, it's one thing that I my eyes can tell me against Oliveira that Islam striking did make a leap. But even yeah. if it even if it did, is it on the level to compete if the wrestling does get taken? He's away? actually right now a higher percent of like efficiency of a striker. But of course, like we we can see we've watched Volkanovski. We know what he does, and I think that the his striking setups and everything, his combos. And just the unpredictability. Yeah. yeah, all of that stuff. I'm like, I, I just think that he brings something that nobody's bringing right now. I mean, he's just his his style, his pressure, and just the mix, the mixing up of uh, of attacks is a lot. So I would be surprised if Makachev is able to like just stand in there and yeah. trade with him and not, you know, clinch and try to make it dirty. He's not going to trade with him, right? For, That's what I'm not saying. for very long. Yeah, not for very long. So I mean, but th th these are all fascinating layers, especially because I do think that Islam. I think you're absolutely right. Both guys are so cerebral. I'd really doubt, though, that Islam's going to fall into that Ronda Rousey trap and believe that he's going to outstrike. No. You know what I mean? I don't think that he's going to do something like that. Dude, he makes good decisions. Yeah. And he, makes, he has he natural really, head movement. He really does. Natural head what, movement. I, when, going back on the tape and just kind of watching, I'm like, that's what I realized. He's just smart fighter. Very smart Super guy. Smart. And, I'll, again, I want to say, we've been talking about the AKA guys and how good they've been and Team Habib. 
the 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 Freestyle Fighting Academy and um, I think that's the name of the gym, and as well as obviously uh, City Kickboxing, the two sort of combined, mm -hmm. the ones that he had from Australia. His old coach, uh, I think his name is. God, fuck, Joe Ortiz. I forget his name. Please forgive me. I'll double check on this. Um, but in any case, having his old coach and then obviously, you know, Eugene Berman out of the city kickboxing. Dude, we're talking collectively between the AKA guys yeah. and all those guys. Yeah. We're talking like two of the, I know people know this, the very best teams, but I mean, in terms of game planning and which T's get crossed and which I's get dotted, these are the two best teams maybe in all of the sport. Like we're just talking a level of game planning and specificity that is yeah. very much ahead of their contemporaries. And dude, as I and said. And the guy who absorbs it and does it, executes quickly. it. Yes. And, and the guy in Volkanovsky who absorbed against Ortega, punishment was yeah. in a precarious situations and was so calm and cool. That that does add That's to the crazy. equation of why I can't wait to see this fight and who could cancel each other, who can get out of bad situations. Um Damn, man. So it's the most anticipated fight of the first quarter of yes. the UFC schedule. This is yes. More than gone and uh, John. Well, I guess that one's much bigger from a promotional standpoint. But just again, in your we're mind. recording I mean, this before John's been, right. you know, yeah. done something other. So whether or not you, thing, whether or not you believe <laughs> Mahachev is number two pound for pound, as the UFC say, or four, as I say, or anything around three, four, five, six, can, like I'm trying to think of fights in history. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That either that either were in some argument one versus two pound for pound or one uh, or two Saint Pierre versus BJ Penn. two top two, five guys at right. least. I mean, what were the most recent 94. top five guys? I mean, trying to think. Yeah, here. no, but dude, the the first big one was Saint Pierre Penn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, not not the first Saint Pierre Penn, which was Penn's return to the organization after being on a bit of a sojourn. I, th I think that's right. Uh, but it was actually their second meeting when one was lightweight, right. one was welterweight. Ninety four. Yeah, so it was a champ champ fight actually, um, and uh, Penn got handled. Yeah, uh, he he made the mistake of saying beforehand to GSP that only a bitch taps on strikes. You know? <laughs> the closest is probably Cormier Jones, right? Like yeah. in terms of Cormier uh, Jones, yeah. In terms of the guys who are maybe at the very top of the the pound for pound list kind of going at it yeah. at the moment, um that would it's be up rare, there. man. I love we it. We didn't have a pound for pound list at the time, true. but that some of the GSP's rivals like that's like true. A little no, bit no, there. You um, don't mean that. Some of the Couture like, and pound pound. well, Couture and Liddell at the time, they, yeah. the, the the title was changing hands. You could have argued then as well. Again, we didn't have official pound for pound rankings, but something like that. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, we do have another fight on this card that is quite good that we should spend some time on, namely your co-main event. It is an interim uh, featherweight title because the featherweight champions got a little bit of business to do <laughs> in the main event. Yeah. But it's when Yair Rodriguez takes on Josh Emmett. For the interim featherweight Ooh. strap. And I got to tell you, you love it. they just don't come much more explosive. BC, I'm not sure that they're the two very best guys out right. of featherweight. Although, they, maybe we'll see. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that they're extremely high level. And they're going to, true or false, kill each other. <laughs> they're going to try at least. And it's like, you love seeing somebody hardworking uh, who's been overlooked before in Josh Emmett. Get this. It's not for the full title, but it's close enough for the interim title. The winner is going to get a big title shot, and it's a big opportunity. And, dude, you know, 
That guy's had to go through hell oh, to get man. to this point. And whether or not you thought, what, what was the real close fight I met had on this journey? It's, it's off top. Calvin Cater. Calvin yeah, Cater fight. And you could certainly make a case in that regard. But, dude, a guy who's figured out through some crazy injuries and setbacks, and our Room Service Diaries interview with him just allowed me to understand on another level yes. how – uh, how how his mental toughness and his drive and his will is of the of the second to none warrior elite status, but to win this fight, if you're Josh okay. Emmett, you have to willingly walk into hell, which is a place that he loves to go in these fights, and it's almost <laughs> his game plan. Man. But you're going in there with a guy who's very, you know, he has spe- he he has a special set of skills for this exact type of fight mm-hmm. in Yair Rodriguez, who I still don't like really know how great he is. But dude, <laughs> the fight he wanted to get to this point, let's be honest, it it, it was finally that that was it against Ortega. It was finally yeah. against. It to me, it was finally like okay. He really is ready. This is really his time. Let's see if he can get to the title level. Um, I don't see any other way where if Josh Emmett's going to win this, that he doesn't have to go through a horror movie to get there, dude. Yeah. This is going to be he's going to get wild. He's, he's going to get disfigured to win this. His, uh, his level of perseverance really is the thing, right? Like I, I really believe he's just in his life. You're talking about the injuries, but even in his fights, I mean, the the Calvin Cater fight, he was outstruck cumulative. Actually, I think the last three of his fights, he was cumulatively outstruck on all of them and he won them all somehow because he turns it on when he needs to. He makes it ugly when he needs to. He's he like just, a pride throwback he's, fighter. Yeah, he is 100%. Yeah. He was losing before during the streak, but the beginning of the streak against uh, Michael Johnson. Remember that fight? He's losing a very lackluster fight. They're barely engaging, but he's just waiting for that one shot and he won one punch KOs him like with a minute to go in the fight. I mean, he's just never out of the fight and that adds a level of drama to it. His- I think that he's he never, he believes in himself. And that's always a that's a fun thing to watch. He's 37 years old. He probably doesn't get back here again. No, he this is a shot. Again. No, and he almost didn't get the shot. To be fair, he probably you know he could have just as easily been offered a number another number one contenders ish fight and could have another war with a cater type guy and could come up empty on the scorecards in a close fight. I mean, he almost didn't get here, but the fact that he did. And the fact that certain key parts of luck needed to align for him to get yeah. to this point, and the fact that you say he has not only next level belief in himself and mental toughness, and uh, forget willing to take on punishment, it's like the only way he knows how. Um, that's a very dangerous intangible to have. And as much as as Yair is as explosive and insane, and like Charles Oliveira, it, you know, can can make such great decisions yeah. within chaos, unlike anybody else, dude, you are going to have to remove Emmett physically from this fight to beat him, right? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. Two things real quickly, by the way, just a correction on me for the coach for uh, Volkanovsky is uh, Joe Lopez. Excuse me. So that's the first thing. Secondly, you know what I love about this fight is you would think this would be with Yair, but it's really not the case. Neither one was exactly the favorite son of the UFC. Right. Yair was for a time, but yeah. then fell out. They, remember, they, they cut him, and oh, it was yeah. a huge thing. He found his way back. He really worked on his craft. Nearly got beaten by Korean Zombie before doing oh, fucking ninja magic. But, uh, you know, he's definitely had, and he had that weird fight in Mexico City with Jeremy yeah, Stevens. Yeah. And there's just a bunch like, of times where it's been like, he's definitely very important for the promotion. Even one, right? Because like, of the injury. Yes. Vega, it's like it's just been, it's just been weird with him a little bit. And, and Emmett is the guy who, I mean, his style just speaks to his life story. He's actually very clever offensively, uses movement and big power. 
but defensively not that great, kind of gets hit a little bit, but then just fucking wills through it and then finds a way to bring it all together. But neither was a promotional (laughs) darling, and here they have found themselves um, much later in his athletic life, obviously, for a guy like Emmett to get here. I love those stories. I love the stories when someone was never the favorite son. Right. And then just... Never even, like, highlighted. Never really a... uh, To be fair, Yair was highlighted in certain ways. Yair was. I I was talking about Emmett. Emmett, Emmett, Emmett was never really highlighted. Uh, through his career. It wasn't like they were throwing him on like fight night main events. I mean, he, I think the last one was, but before then it was kind of like, he's just a guy on a card. Dude, I remember seeing him the first time I was one of his fights. And then the next time I saw him was on a uh, podcast. I listened to in the strength world, Mark Bell's, uh, uh, it was power cast at the time with silent Mike. And he had, he had fucking Josh Emmett on. And I'm like, Oh, that's a bit of a cool story. This is all right. (laughs) But like, he was just a guy that they had on at the time, you know, by the way, uh, you're right. The Rodriguez fight against Ortega was ended early with the The shoulder injury to him. I, I did think in the short piece that we saw, yeah, yeah. Yair is at another level, but it was the Max Holloway fight, which was a loss that I meant to really reference yes. that showed me, even in a loss, that right. he is truly ready for this elite level. Let's not forget, especially when it wasn't the first round, dude, he put yeah. shots on Holloway that would have finished anybody. He's got, a weird, he's got another gear, too. That's what makes it... That's what makes this one kind of fun. I mean, because Yair, like, you kind of look back at his career, he's kind of been a lone wolf, a, like, nomadic presence, and the kind of does, Matt marches to, you know, his own beat, all that sort of thing. Um, shows up, not as prolifically as you think he will, but here he is in the spot. I, it's just, he's a weird guy, but his fights often turn into performance of the nights because he just won't quit either. I mean, he just keeps bringing it. And that's combustible, right? Like when you think about that that type of matchup, it's it's pretty crazy. Do you think they made the right call? I mean, I know that yes. they, in the end, like I, I, I at first I did not think that this was the right fight to make, but as it's gone on, I, I feel okay. I would have it. been happy giving Emmett a title shot against Volkanovski. Yeah, but <laughs> but given what we talked to Josh Emmett the week of yeah. the third Volkanovski Holloway fight, and just given how well Volkanovski beat Holloway. Right. Then what Islam did against Charles, making that fight very important and very interesting, meaning he can't defend it. Now it makes sense. Also, Yair, it's not Yair's fault that Ortega's right. shoulder did what it did and who's to say what it would have meant, but he was piecing Ortega up before right. that. Let's not forget 100%. that. And so it's like, to me, man, I, you know, again, to your point, I love the way you put it, the nomadic sort of style of the, uh, or identity of um, a guy like Yair, but at the same time, so creative, so artistic. Mm-hmm. You know what I love about his style? It's very flashy, but also fucking mean. You know, a lot <laughs> of the is. mean guys are control you, put your hands on you types, you know? And he's more, you know, fucking yeah, wow, all that. That's what he's doing. And it just it is both acrobatic and at the same time devastating. <laughs> I love that combination. That's a rare combination in a guy. Plus, he doesn't, like... Like, you know, Wonderboy Thompson, his more recent fights, he's been getting touched up a little bit, but he does a lot of the touch and go. Not Yair. Like, <laughs> he will absolutely stand in there and, like, give and trade. Like, he's fucking, he's, he's also got that Mexican boxer oh, spirit absolutely. in him. You yeah, know? He so does. he's this brilliant combination that makes him unruly and probably for the UFC a little bit hard to corral or whatever, but it's so unique and it's now, so fun. It makes me fear for the any potential scar tissue on Josh Emmett's face and, you know, in the oh future God. of his cheekbones and all that. Uh, but, you know, Emmett told himself on the RST coach, he almost like dumbed down a style and was like, no, this is what I do every fight. I yeah, we asked there. him what his game plan was. He was like, eh. You think? Come, come, out, come out there and throw punches and like I just kind of rock with it. It's hilarious to me that he can wrestle. If you go back and watch like his he early. Grew up wrestling. That's what I mean. That's He's what, a collegiate so that wrestler. that was the setup of my like, question. But you're always like, dude, wouldn't it, why not just mix some of that in? Like, he just wants to go out there and bang like you're saying. But 
like he's looking for those shots and he'll take them to get them. But I'm like, sometimes I'm like, dude, just take the guy down and beat so him up on the ground. So my question to you know? was, if you get into this type of war with Yair that it, that that he's just used to getting in, meaning Emmett. I don't know I if don't that's know. I don't know if that's gonna work, dude. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you up. can outlast this guy in a war because Yair is that explosive, flashy, True. and just loves that shit. You gotta go back. You gotta take him down. What's Yair's history with takedown defense on this level in here? I have to look up the numbers. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, obviously Frankie Edgar gave him the business oh, quite yeah, a while that ago. Fight. That was a humbling win. He has been. He, I would say his. You know, I would call it por uh, porous. It's porous. Yeah, he got blasted. It was like he had like I remember that fight very specifically. He had like it's been, 15, been some time. In fairness, to him. fifteen uh, punches. That he oh, but, he, but he even absorbed like even Max know. got him down and was able to pass. Yeah. Remember to mount, I believe, for time. So I mean, uh, I'm just it's saying there, it's there for the right guy. It's there. Well, Emmett, I think if he's getting pieced up, and I, and again, I think that Emmett tends to get pieced up a little bit. He's one of those guys who kind of activates in a fight when he's feeling that, you know, and starts to bleed. But at the same time, I'm like, if I'm feeling that and it's going a certain way, I'm not going to let the gold slip through my hands. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. I, He's if I'm these... him, I would incorporate some of that, make it a little ugly, take him down yeah. here. You know what I mean? Mix it up a little bit. He's one of those guys, and it comes from Teddy Atlas. Dustin Poirier has made him more famous recently, but it's like, you know, basically 30 minutes to make life fair or whatever the length of yeah, the round five is. five minutes, yeah. yeah. He, he's one, one of those, I know, it's a great thing. It's like, dude, he's one of those guys who's trying to make life fair. And when you have a hunger like that, plus his athletic ability, plus again, he uses a lot of motion to set up and get out of in and out of opportunities, which is clever, which is modern. He doesn't have a modern skill set. Um, you just it's so foolish to sleep on a guy like that's that. That's why it, it's rare at this level that we would bring up an intangible and comparing the guys and say, well, this guy really wants to win it really bad. But dude, that's a superpower for for Emmett. It fuels his offense, it fuels his style. It's dangerous and it brings on a lot of cuts and, and, and you know swelling and aggressiveness. But like, dude, you if, if you're if you're Rodriguez, you're gonna have to knock him out cold to beat him. They really need a tidy something. Something has to happen that's tidy and understandable and relatable, right? Like it has to be definitive. It has to be definitive. Whatever happens, if there's some weird controversy to this fight with Arnold Allen kind of out there and now the vacant, you know, like for the interim, I just I want that division to finally kind of get some clarity again. And I feel like. Uh, Given Yair, especially like his thing and the split decision with with Cater for for the other side, it could be another weird one. It could there could be some weird scorecard or something. It could be a controversy that way. Um, I guess my only rooting interest in that is this that it's there we're clear right because then the next fight tells you the next part of the story, whether it's going to be Volkanovski, you know what I mean, or if or he's going to be or, becomes exactly, point, yeah. or if it just becomes the full thing. So there's a lot of drama just in the buildup to this one card. Point. That's a good point. There is a there is a connection there with the main event in that regard. Where what would you rather have the winner fight Volk? I mean, I guess you would always rather have the winner fight the champion if to, to unify. But if Volk beats Islam, it's like what's the fucking point? Honestly, right? right? It's hard. It's like it's like. Knowing Emmett's story so intimately from interviewing him, and it's like, man, it's, it's hard not to cheer for him. But which matchup would I rather see? Dude, I would love to see if Yair gets this done against Volkanovski. Yeah, it's that like would be a good fight. You know, in terms of the remaining opponents left for Volkanovski, whether or not he wins a second championship, what you know, uh, that that's a great-ass fight you that, think that, it's that, that we're building to. And I don't think it's a foregone conclusion who wins that fight. I'm just saying if that ends up being the way, um, I wouldn't mind seeing that as potentially. Well, if Volkanovski wins a foregone that he's just staying, you think he really he just he, he wouldn't try to do both? If all the people well, who said the that UFC, they would do it. I, it depends I, on the this UFC. This is a guy who went and made weight. 
for a fight he wasn't going to be in, you know, like Volkanovski, like... It's just the reality of, like, if, I, you, get, I understand. if you get injured, like, True. it's just 100%. hard to do. Let's be but fair, if anybody though, could play it for maybe, like, a, a little stretch. Maybe, maybe a little bit. It depends if the promotion allows him. Let's be fair about true. the history of this. That Amanda is, Nunes, there's nobody in either division for long stretches. She kind of was just allowed yeah, to she can chill. populate both. <laughs> Connor was forced to make an instant decision. They let him hang on to the, the belt a long time when he was inactive. Cormier, they basically stripped the second one from right. him pretty quickly and made him pick and choose. So Also, here's the other part, too. If he ends up beating, if Volk ends up beating Islam, right, and so now they want to make whoever wins between Emmett and uh, Yair the main champion, dude, old Max Holloway's got brand new life that is, at 100. Oh, That's yeah. what that happens. Pounds. Yes, 100%. So Max, Max already fucking beat Yair, and, you know, Emmett would be a tough fight. I think we'd all agree. But that's very winnable that's for great, Max. Yeah. So then you're right back to, I mean, you know, Max's career has looked very <laughs> uncertain to this point since True. losing. There's a lot of ways where he can have a great opportunity. Sometimes entire, all you got to do is chill out, man. Just hang out on the sidelines just, and see what happens. Just let the brain so the heal. The entire division has to be cheering for Volkanovski to win this main event. Yeah, dude, because he's so much. Dude, the way, I mean, I, this breaks my heart to say because I love Max as a person, as a fighter, as a figure to cover. But he, he got too. Huh? He likes shoot too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, I get along great with him. But, dude, I hate to say he got dummied by Volkanovski in that third fight. Yeah. He just, him and his team, they're all smart guys. Yeah. They just didn't know I what know. to do. They must be like, go beat that fucking guy's ass from Russia. <laughs> Please just leave. You ever see the movie Booty Call when they're watching those rhinos go out and Tommy Davis is like, wax that 4,000 pound ass. <laughs> That's what I think about when you say that, Luke. Uh, all right. Well, you reference fights when you're watching movies like that. Hey, yeah, this yeah. Is <laughs> uh, that reminded me a lot of, yeah, yeah. Um, we just have a few minutes left. Very quickly, also on this car, one of the interesting fights, Randy Brown taking on Australia native. Talk about going to <coughs> a hornet's nest. Yeah, Jesus Jack Christ. De La Maddalena, who had a, I think he went to a decision or went to like the third round on his contender series bout and has since just right. one round dusted everyone off. Looked incredible. His most recent fight previous to that had beaten Ramazan Amiv. Uh, just looks like a phenomenal striker. Hardest question. Hardest question I can ask you about All this right. fight. I'm going to take the reins from you. All right. Okay. This is a tough, a tough fish fight in Randy Brown. Okay. But he's getting Jack, Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina is getting Bob a, a big featured placement <laughs> bout here in his 100%. home city, as you mentioned, in Perth, pressure, right? Though, too. Is, is this, for tickets is this the down under Patty? And I don't mean to, I'm not saying is no, but in, only in terms, only in terms of <laughs> he's just like Patty, just got a big opportunity in a co-main uh, on a pay-per-view. This isn't a co-main, but it's a big push for Jack. Well, Della Madalena, who showed oh, us a you. lot. I think you made the point before we started taping. You uh, Go ahead. You can take it. What a... Wow. <laughs> what a silly-ass question. I'm not... Okay, but you, you misinterpret the meaning. I'm not... I, I'm basically saying is, is this... Is he a down-under patty? First of all, it just sounds bad. I mean, just as a, three words uh, you could put together. Book. I like it. But no, he is... Uh, Are they giving him the patty placement spot to go out there and shine? That's Randy Brown is tougher than any opponent, and Jared Gordon's good. But Randy Brown is tougher than any opponent Patty has faced, even relatively speaking. Like, no, Randy Brown is good. Dude's on a nice streak right Four now. Four, five wins. The streak. only way to answer this is how much He's, does Jack he finished for off. interviews, right? Jesus. Say what? How much he charges for interviews. That's what, that's yeah, funny. That would be the comparison. Though. Uh, no, he finished off Alex Oliveira. Like, uh, dude, he, Randy Brown has put together a very commendable run here. Yeah. Um, and he can strike. He's very, he's very rangy. He's probably at the peak of his powers. Honestly, probably. This yeah. is probably, this is the best I've ever seen yeah. to be yeah. clear. Uh, and, but Jack De La Maddalena is, uh, very good. Dude, he's he, he, his, his, oh, people think I, I say the stupidest things. I know that, but his aura <laughs> screams that he's 
that he's competent and ready for big things. Yeah, you know there is a question about his broader skill set, how he mixes it all together. But just on his boxing, like, oh, my God, his boxing is fucking. Well, the great thing about him is if he does do that and treats it as a turnstile fight, goes right through um, Randy and, like, has that home crowd experience, I think that'll translate yeah. big. And then, unlike Patty, I think the UFC could actually begin the escalation for him, right? Like, you could be begin the real escalation, be like, put him against the top uh you know, 15 guys, yes. you know, on and on. That's the big difference with Patty. I just, I feel like he's nowhere near ready for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, I wanted you to say what you said back before we started, which yeah, was... Yeah, have the balls, all right? Have <laughs> no. the balls. Well, I forgot what it is at this point. It was uh, something along the line. So the difference is that... Um, Jack does Jack suck. is good. Yeah, yeah, he's actually good. Well, <laughs> Patty is not something bad, but Patty is really good yeah. on the ground, and that's really yeah. about it. Right, uh, exactly. That's it. Jack, we don't know the full breadth of his game, but on his feet, he is very, very talented. Knows his way around the weight room, too. Not necessarily the backzilla like Ian Heinish, you know, which there's not many Ian Heinish. You could probably young, only right? get in the can, but you know. he's like pretty young, too, right? He's like 20. I think he's like 27. 26, 20, okay. like that. But still young. I mean, not even. Yeah. Not to his prime, and he's probably going to stack some fights here. I mean, he's kind of set up to be a pretty good sensation. I mean, who's and from Perth? I mean, he's going to he's he's be the guy from Perth. guy in, which, in a division in which two of the three biggest names yeah. are Oceanic all-time greats in this, in, this, in this era. All right, so let's quickly run through the rest of these fights here and see what you guys think. There's uh, not much else to talk about, Luke. No, there's not. Justin that, okay? Taffa, Parker Porter, anyone care? Well, Parker Porter's from Hartford, Connecticut, yeah, so shout yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, He's you know what? I may, have read the, I may have read it wrong, so hold on. So the main card might open with Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield. That makes sense. So that's, that's, a, a, that's a weird fight because Menafield, I think, is a great athlete with dynamic power and fast hands. Not sure there's a whole lot else right, behind exactly. that. Um, and Crute, either and Crute, or famine. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, Crute's either like shining yeah. or just kind of getting run over a little Luke, bit. When are you going to contest my standing of King of Connecticut in the MMA space? Not, you know, compared to Glover, who when he won the title, he and definitely Tyson took Pedro it from me. Or, you know, you can, I mean, you talked to Brendan Ward, another guy with Connecticut magic there. But, yeah. you know, Dana White was born in Manchester, Connecticut. That's right. A lot of people don't want to talk was, about I just that. saw Yeah, that. well, I was born in New Delhi, India. Big deal. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you also <laughs> don't really? recognize yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And he won't right. He tries to claim. He tries to claim that because he was born in the American embassy. No, and it was actually born in the British High Commission. Because yeah. he was born in the British High Commission that he wasn't technically born in in India even though it's within the damn, you know. It says New Delhi on my passport. Okay. Because you stepped That's in that building, you're in sovereign territory. Is this like on a cruise where I could it, do anything it, at it? It is 16? diplomatic territory, but obviously once you're off that, you're on like regular. What do you remember about it? Was it a? I left at six months old, oh. so nothing. He lived in he lived in Doha and I lived Japan. In, in after Japan that. after that, yeah. Really? Tokyo? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man. Damn, nice. Crazy man. Yeah. Crazy. I've, had, I've had a stupid life. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now you now you travel to places. There was like a guy Minnesota. on my there was a guy on my freshman <laughs> high school. Uh, uh, sorry, on my freshman college, my freshman college dorm hall at the end of the hall, he was fully American, but went to the Thai international school for American, like who there's kids. His, his dad was like a big telecom guy. And so they sent him to like the American school. It's like, I was like, so you grew up in Bangkok? He's like, I've been in Bangkok for 18 fucking years. Wow. But he was like fully American, like had no accent, like nothing. Chuck, what's your full name again? It's a fantastic book. George Charles Mendenhall IV. What, what is the... Shouldn't you like... That sounds like a slaveholder's name. Oh, get <laughs> out of here. I was going to ask you, since you are a descendant of, of like legitimate slave. Colorado mountain men... <laughs> we were servants back Who then. was George Charles Mendenhall I and what was his story? He lived in the Leadville, Colorado. Yeah, he lived in Leadville, Colorado, and he got blown up in a mine at uh, 1926. Damn. Yeah. Was his dad a, a 1849er? 
and his dad, yeah, uh, yeah his dad was uh, George II, my grandfather, and uh, he grew up in Leadville. It was all mountain, all the mountain people. You no, know, George the first dad, was he a gold rusher? Uh, you know, I don't have a ton of information. He was the immigrant, though. I bet his they were all father outlaws, was the immigrant. Yeah. Anyway, this is this is not. I bet funny. they didn't respect. I have to pro- take a dump. They didn't. Res- <laughs> I bet George the first didn't respect prohibition a damn bit, right? Oh no, 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 no that's no, not. No. A all right, where can folks find your work, Chuck? Minnow. Themyth.com, M-I-T-H, or you, you can check out the myth. Yeah, yeah, I wanted that hat. Uh, get me one of those bad boys, or or uh, what else? The Ringer MMA show, which happens around. Every event, pretty much. So every Thursday, sometimes Friday for the weigh-ins, and then after the shows a lot of times. Sweet. Yeah. There you go. You, yeah. can, you can find my work uh, in a few places as well. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Oh, uh, was it Friendly Pipes? What's the name of your song? <laughs> Only Pipes. Only uh, Pipes. Well, you can Only watch my Patreon pipes. show. Hey, by the way, how about this tiger thing? That was good. I got to say, it was, was actually good. pretty good. It wasn't. Yo, Brendan, I, was, it was I like sweet. that. It was sweet. Yeah. Very, quite literally, it's like, like, it's like sweet to the tiger. What's What's these, this Asian writing here? What the fuck do I look like? A translator? Well, is it supposed to be like some kind of hybrid... Uh, so it's it's supposed to be blended Japanese whiskey oh, Japanese. and bourbon. Okay. Yeah, twenty. The sweetness Japanese has to come from the bourbon, right? Like, yeah, eighty yeah, percent Indiana straight bourbon whiskey, twenty percent Japanese whiskey. Wow. There you go. Well, it's not cheap, Brendan. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I can say that. Yo, uh, Brent, yo, Brendan, you should get some uh, get a Delta Eight Delta Eight yeah, spinoff. Sponsor the show, Tiger. T- if he gets if he makes Tiger, Tiger thi- High, Tiger Thick Kratom. <laughs> I don't sell that. Uh, but, uh, okay, that's it for us. That's Brian Campbell. That's Chuck Mendenhall. I'm Luke Thomas. This has been your UFC 284 pregame preview. We're out. We're done. It's over for us. Enjoy the fight. Yeah, yeah. Just like Ben Wood or something. Yeah.